Hey, Sona, do you settle for ordinary in your own home? No. Well, you kind of do. Anyway, with oh. floor and decor, <laughs> you don't have to put up with rooms that just look meh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meh is kind of a meh. phrase these days. Floor and decor doesn't just have a couple of aisles of options. It's an entire store with the largest selection of tile, wood, and stone in stock and available in job lot quantities. Mm. That's what I need, job lot quantities. And if you're a pro like me, Floor and Decor also has a job site delivery, along with all the brands pros trust for installation. There's also design experts in the store to help you find the right look at the right price. And guess what? It's free. That's my favorite price. Free is the best price, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Unless it's for food. And then I'm like, oh, I'm about to pay a little. No, I like free food, too. Well, it can be scary. Anyway, uh, we got off track. You can resist the ordinary and find more ways to wow with Floor and Decor. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. I didn't know that. I didn't either. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. Interesting. Mm. That's why you need Robert Half. Yep. I don't think that's a person. That's the company. Okay, I was yeah. confused. Yeah, their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI. Welcome to connect businesses <laughs> of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. See, at Robert Half, they know talent. I wish I had had Robert Half back in the day oh, when I was hiring. Okay. So, no offense, Sona. Oh, it, it, I feel like you did mean to offend me. Yes, you wouldn't be here if I had had Robert Half. Okay. Visit roberthalf.com today. My name is Rory Scovel, and I feel grateful about being Conan O'Brien's best friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Tell that we are gonna be friends. Hi, Conan O'Brien here. Welcome to another episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, the <laughs> podcast slash scam where uh, I get people I really like from afar to talk to me and I force them to be my good friend. Uh, I'm here and Sona, you're on your phone. Why are you on your phone? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, is, is everything okay? Everything's fine. I'm checking Instagram. Why were you? Seriously, we were, we were taping the beginning I of the know. podcast. You are getting paid. You yeah. do get paid, don't you? I think so. I hope not. Uh, oh. What? No, seriously, you do. What? Were you seriously uh, checking Instagram? Yeah, I just was. So that's how much you regard what we do here. No, no. But hold on. Hold on. Oh, excuse me. Gorley's on his yeah. phone as well. So. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, seriously, why are you guys on your phone? Well, it takes you a while to get into it. You're you. It's always like, hey guys, it's Conan, and I like doing this. And this is that's a part that is as vital as any other part. I know, but I know how it goes. So I just am like, okay, I should just check my. No, 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 no. Upfront is sacred. That is like a prayer. <laughs> okay. It is. That is as that is as <laughs> precious right. as a prayer. Right. It is us holding hands and saying a prayer together. It's us holding hands and me saying, "Welcome to Conan O'Brien needs a friend," and you're checking. Instagram. Yes. And Gorley over here is trying to buy, you know, Best Truman's upper dental plate. <laughs> I got it. On uh, on Etsy. I got it. Oh, you got it? Oh, good. God. Seriously, I want there to be a new commitment.
commitment to the podcast okay. because I feel you guys are taking it for granted. I never do. I'm t- hold on. I'm texting Gorley. Yeah, we're texting Girl, each text. other. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. funny. We're doing the thing. <laughs> he said, let's get out of here. <laughs> That's great. Everyone has their little fun time. <laughs> you're just sad you're not included. No, I'm not sad I'm not included. I am deadly serious about this podcast. It's become... <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this as a man with two children and a wife. I think I care about this podcast more than anything else on earth. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I think it nourishes me more, and uh, <clears throat> I have more long-lasting love for this podcast <laughs> than for anyone I'm related to. Sona, you want to come over here? Yeah. Can I leave now and go to Matt's house? You don't know where Matt's house is. Yes, I do. Yeah. Matt lives in that little uh, village where Edward Scissorhands lives. <laughs> Each house is painted a different bright primary color. He pulls in at the same time everyone else pulls in. They all wave to each other. They go inside. Now, you were wary whenever Edward Scissorhands moved in, when your, when your wife brought him in. But eventually, he, became, he started doing stuff in the, with the bushes, and he became like a, a real part of your life. Oh, yeah. We really love him now. He's a fixture in the neighborhood. Well, you'll end up chasing him up into a castle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Gives good haircuts. Mm-hmm. Listen, we got off on the wrong foot today. Yeah. I think you owe both of us an apology. <laughs> I'm sorry that both of you were... Texting and looking at Instagram while I was opening what many people consider the milestone podcast of the 21st century. Okay. Is there a podcast magazine? I want to be on the cover. No, we should start one. What if we started a podcast magazine and just put me on the cover and did one issue? It's like Oprah magazine. Yeah, call Oprah magazine. It's called podcast magazine. And I'm on the front and it's, and and this thing just says, Conan, he's the podcastiest. We do one issue and then we get that framed. I love it. He's the podcastiest of them all. We could just take you to like Sears and you could do a photo shoot and we could Photoshop it. it. I'd like it to be a, I want it to be a magazine that's distributed to at least 15 people. <laughs> you want to hire a staff yes. for one issue yes. and then close the magazine. Yes. Okay. Then it's a trivia question. <laughs> Name the only person to ever grace the cover of Podcast Magazine. <laughs> I know, I know, Conan O'Brien. Anyway, that's something we could do. Yeah. Well, we'll get our people on it. We don't have any people. <laughs> well, we don't have any magazines. We have either. no people. Yeah. This is it. This is it. It's the so, three of us. I'll text yes. Sona about it. Yeah. It's like we're three people in a lifeboat. And I said, do we have any water? And you said, I'll check with the rest of the crew. <laughs> and it's just the three of us. And then you pan out and you see we're a tiny dot on the ocean. <laughs> I'll check with the rest of the crew and then you pan way out and you know we're all going to die. And Sona's just pouring fresh water over the side. (laughs) Sona's washing her hair. Sona's washing her thick, beautiful Armenian hair Uh with the only fresh water we have. (laughs) You have incredible hair, Sona. I have great hair. You have great hair and there's a lot of it and I could see that if we were all in a lifeboat, let's say we were all, the three of us were taking a cruise and the ship went down and everyone else perished. Yes. And we were in a lifeboat and there was, let's say, 10 liters of fresh drinking water. Yes. I think within the first hour, uh, Gorley and I would take a nap and would wake up to a splashing sound and you'd be draining the last of the water over your hair, washing it. Yes, yes, that would happen. And I, because it does take a really long time for me to wash it. It's important for me to wash it with clean water. Right. So, yeah. I and then I, we'd be so mad at you. We'd be like, we'd try to strike you and you would beat the shit out of both of us. Yes. And eat us. And then you'd eat us. Yeah. <laughs> and then a rescue ship would come instantly and the whole total time in the boat, eight minutes. <laughs> 
So we died for no reason. Also, we never needed the water. When you said that we take a nap, for some reason, the image of you and I spooning in this little life raft came to mind. That's mine. what we would do. Oh, I would spoon mind. with you. Oh, thanks. You know what I would do? I would drag your body slightly over mine to shield me from the sun. As Oh, God. As a blanket? Yeah. Like a human Corley, blanket? the first time I met you, I thought, that's a human sun shield, if I've ever seen one. First time I met you, I went, there's a human sun victim, so that makes sense. Oh. Okay, well, that's really funny to make fun of a terrible condition I've lived with all my life. Oh, come on. Called my Irish heritage. Uh, <laughs> I love that in the eight minutes we're on the boat, you nap immediately when we get on the boat? When you look at the story now, the, yeah. the, the, the big boat sinks. Uh, I said everyone else perishes. Well, clearly, if, if the whole time we're in the water is eight minutes, we're not even trying to help anybody else. No. <laughs> we're just tired. And then, yeah, we're just, we just immediately, uh, I spoon with Gorley. <laughs> pulling his limp, smaller body over mine to shield me from the sun. And Sona takes the only fresh drinking water, washes her hair. We wake up. We, uh, we're, we're the two of us are angry that you did that. We rush you. You beat the crap out of us, rendering us unconscious, and then eat our bodies. Uh-huh. And then the rescue ship shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Eight minutes. Eight minutes total. <laughs> You have a voracious appetite for human blood. Yeah, wow. <laughs> We're yeah. all terrible people. Yeah, and then the camera pans over to a seagull, and the seagull looks into the camera and goes, What? What a world! <laughs> all right, everybody, let's get down to brass tacks. That's a phrase I've never understood. Gorley, do you understand what that means, brass tacks? Yeah, it's a furniture upholstery term. Like, let's take off the upholstery and get down to the brass uh, tacks. Oh, really? I can't believe <laughs> you knew that. Of course. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's great. Well, I'm, guess what? I'm glad that you knew that. That's cool. Let's get down to the uh, the non-upholstery layer of the. Yeah, that flows. Oh my god, that was awful. I think so there was an bad. air bubble in my brain. <laughs> it was so bad. That was terrible. Uh, we got to get started though. This, this gentleman's very funny. My guest today is a absolutely hilarious comedian. Uh, he joined me on tour in 2018. He also wrote and started the Comedy Central series Robbie, and now hosts a new podcast for Team Coco titled Dads the Podcast. A very uh, funny and also heartwarming show with new episodes every Wednesday. Uh, now, not to brag, but I was the very first guest, and that's a huge deal to almost nobody. But anyway, <laughs> you don't want to miss it. Uh, I really enjoy this guy. Very excited he's here. Rory Scoville, welcome. I got to know you very well. You'd done some brilliant stand-up on my show and really inspired and silly avant-garde stand-up on my show that I love. And uh, I look at those tapes all the time. Uh, I just like to watch my old tapes and then occasionally you're in them. Anyway, um, but then I went on a stand-up tour with you uh, and we traveled sections of the country where I'm allowed to go. Yes. uh, Where there's no court preventing it. And... And you are an insanely funny man. You're, uh, and 24-7, I mean, it doesn't stop. You are funny all the time. And so that's why I thought, I got to talk to this Rory cat. Because if I can capture some of that lightning in a bottle <laughs> that I saw out there, maybe people would start to believe me that Rory Scovel is very funny. I want them to believe that. I appreciate you saying that. I, I, I feel like you'll probably be able to relate to this, just the fact that we're comedians, that anytime someone compliments me, I think it's a trap. 
Yes. You know what I'm always waiting for? I, I don't, I wouldn't say I think it's a trap, but I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Have you ever had someone ask you what they know you from, but you kind of think they do know, but they feel like if they kind of do that, like, what do I know you from? They feel like they take you down a peg, despite the fact you don't care that they do or don't right. know you. A fun comeback is, well, you go first. I don't know you either. What do you do? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and then they're I like, don't know well, you well, either. I, I'm a lawyer. Dwayne Reed checkout person. <laughs> I don't know you either. Well, um, I guess I, I, I'm a real estate agent. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, I'm, never mind. I do know you. <laughs> Rory, I'd love to bond with you on this I don't know you thing, but I can't. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't go anywhere in the world and not be known. I mean, literally, I've tried as a game to go to the the the, the deepest, uh, darkest jungles in the most remote sections of the world. And, uh, you know, exotic frogs are like, oh, my God. Yeah, you took over for Letterman. And then, uh, you know, and then you used to work on The Simpsons. I mean, I'm sorry. That's the level I'm at. You used to work on The Simpsons. <laughs> These are frogs that many people thought had gone extinct. Do you, I, I want to know, is, you must, you obviously are very recognizable, very famous. Do you hate that? Do you hate being famous? No. No. No? no? Oh, Sona, why don't you chime in? <laughs> chime in, Sona. <laughs> chime in. Well, chime you, in. Feel free to chime in. You guys I'm did sorry. say no at the exact same at time. At the exact same time. <laughs> well, Sona, what's your perspective? I think you love, I'm going to be honest, and I'm actually going to say something nice. You love your fans, and you love interacting with them outside, and I think you really enjoy it when people come up to you and know who you are. And, no, I, and I... shower you with compliments. I, uh... <laughs> I'm not one of those people. It's so funny to me because there are people that got into this business and they've had success and they seem irritated that why are people coming up to me? Mm-hmm. And uh, I always thought, well, what's wrong with that? I, I, I am a, I, I'm a people person. I like um, a phrase I just invented, I think. Uh, <laughs> I've and never heard it. If someone recognizes me and says hello, and uh, I, I like to try and make them laugh. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm not getting, if I don't think I give them the A material, I'll work on it a little bit. I'll stay there and, and keep working. And I can see them looking around like, I gotta go. <laughs> Conan, I'd love to chat. And believe me, it's bizarre I ran into you. <laughs> but I just remember. <laughs> they can't even they can't even improvise an excuse i just I remembered left, something so I, I left an enchilada <laughs> in a microwave in college and i should go get it i, I will say you're so good at not stopping when you don't want to, and they still feel like they got some of the Conan magic just in, in you. I watched you in the casino in Atlantic City. People just would yell that definitely wanted you to stop to take a picture. Not that they said it. They would just say, Conan. Right. And you were just like, yep. And you just kept going. And I could still see them smiling. Never did I see anyone be like, well, screw you if you don't want to talk to me. No, I, I give a very cheerful, because there are some places where if you stop in a casino, mm-hmm. and are you drinking out of a jar? Yes. What was that? Yes. My wife my wife bought all these jars uh-huh. to jar stuff that she doesn't make. I think she, <laughs> I think she had a dream, 
and it just it, that dream became water, like they you all like they all do. <laughs> I, I know that you are you are a Southern gentleman. You are from South Carolina. That is correct. Uh, Greenville, if I remember correctly, Very he said, correct. reading off a sheet in front of him. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I know that you're from the South, but I really do feel like you're pushing it with your whole jar. You just were like, I'm just going to take a little sip of my sweet tea. Oh, is that iced tea? No, sir. No nope. sweet tea. I'm just drinking grits straight out of a jar. <laughs> Dipping my biscuit in these jar grits and having my lunch. <laughs> you, uh, you know, one of the things I've I've seen you uh, because I toured with you. I saw you perform. Uh, so many times and and always just a joy to watch because uh, you might be one of the bravest people I've seen do comedy. Uh, that is not a compliment, I think. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It is a compliment. You <laughs> screw up a lot with your risks. <laughs> yeah. You really have no business. You really have no business being yeah. out there. Risk, but you keep going out there and and being showered with acidic disapproval. Can I? But there you go. Can I? Can I tell you something uh, uh-huh. that I, I I have wanted to ask you this? Um, when we performed in Detroit, I don't know if you remember this. It was at the the Fillmore in Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, I could not help but say something about the Flint drinking water in, in a mm-hmm. defensive way of saying it's <laughs> insane that there's still not uh, adequate drinking water. Right. Um, right. You were sticking up. Yeah. You were, you were, I, uh, yeah. Knowing, knowing it would get some people booing, which is bizarre that anyone would not, <laughs> who, what human is not on the same page about right, people having right. access to water. But, um, <laughs> They, I, I, then I said something about uh, Kaepernick and other players uh, kneeling uh-huh. during the, the national anthem, knowing it was going to stir the pot a little bit. And I remember yes. leaving the stage, and uh, I couldn't really tell how that show went. And I went outside with Marina Franklin, also very funny comedian on the, the tour with us. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. asking her, do you think Conan's going to be mad at me for the material? <laughs> well, because the show, it didn't go so, it, like, I think I did okay, but I was like, oh, this isn't really my show. I should kind of keep the show funny. But because I brought, I just couldn't help myself. Right, once right. I, once <laughs> half the crowd doesn't agree with me with something that I think is very easy for everyone to agree with, I yes. then have to push it. For, yes. I have to push anyone further away who I think is not on board. I have to yes. I have to push them away and I have to let all the people who know who agree with me that it's an invitation for them to get even closer. And because I did that at the Fillmore in front of more people than I've I've ever performed in front of. That right. was a massive theater. I then I I went outside and I I think uh however the show was was finishing up, I was just like, should I I said it to Marina, I was like, should I not have done that? Should I have just done some jokes and gotten off the stage and out of the way? <laughs> well, I I love a couple of things, but I love that you thought, will Conan be mad at me? Because I, I never think of my, on that tour, I did not think of the, uh, that I was the boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not the like, well, Lucille, you come into my office. 
You're in big trouble well, with I, your Flint reference. I think you it know, comes I, from a place of knowing that it's not my tour. It's not my. You know, when you're the, when your name is on the ticket, you feel right. you 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 don't you don't get that way. But you know, sometimes if I'm the MC of a show or if I'm the feature of a show, I feel very like timid about turning the audience, even though I really want to turn some of them. Oh my God. Well, I, you were, uh, as I said, you were fearless throughout the tour. Uh, (laughs) you, uh, you used to do this bit sometimes, uh, which is, uh, where we wouldn't know which way you would go every night. And it was really fun for all of us to be backstage and we'd wonder what Rory are we going to get tonight? Because sometimes <laughs> you'd work clean right. and sometimes you'd work less clean. I wonder that uh, too. So uh, we were, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> we were <laughs> at the Beacon Theater in New York and it was a big show. And I for completely forgot about this. But uh, my old writing partner had, from years and years ago, had his parents come to the show. They, I forgot. And these are older people, very healthy, handsome, uh, you know, uh, energetic couple. (laughs) But uh, they're they're in their, their, their golden years. And they came, they, I think they brought a guest. And I just completely forgot that. And this was a random night. And we were all on our best behavior because it's the Beacon Theater and it's right. New York <laughs> right. and all these New York media people were in the audience. So all of us go out and do our stuff and then we're wondering what what Rory will we get tonight? And you went out and you started talking about you, how you saw a documentary. And did you know this, folks? Uh, orca? Was it Orca? The, what was the name of the whale? Tilakum. Tilakum. You start talking about the Blackfish documentary and the whale Tilakum, and then you start saying, there's one part, and you feel bad for the whale, but then there's one part where there's someone whose job it is to masturbate the whale. And then you start doing this long, crazy jazz-like riff about what it's like for those people who <laughs> who do that for a living and how does the whale feel about it and how what do they do when they explain to somebody who's come to take care of the whale that their first job is going to be them <laughs> masturbating a giant killer whale and then you get to the point where you act it out and you, there are... <laughs> <laughs> you acted out like you're the uh the you know sleepy and doc and the from the from yeah. snow white yeah whistle yeah. while you work. You, what you from whistle while you work and you start whistling while you work while you're carrying buckets filled with whale jism that's right that are slopping all over the place and you do this little skippy dance and the the buckets are sloshing and we're backstage crying 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 shows over yeah, and if you, and the beacon, I'm yeah. way up on the top floor, and you got to climb those stairs. Yeah. And I completely forgot when Sona says, "Oh, Conan, your guests are here," and I'm thinking because you're in a different city each night. I'm like, "Guess what?" And I go, "Oh," and just then I see. <laughs> 
my old writing partner's parents, who are this very distinguished looking uh, older people with yeah. impeccable east side of New York taste. And they've brought with them someone who looks like T.S. Eliot. He's like wearing a three piece suit and horn rimmed glasses. And I think he's probably, a you know, a, an esteemed paleontologist. And the three of them look like the three of them look like they, <laughs> they just crawled out of the rubble of a building that blew up on top of them. And they were just, and I kept, I started to say, oh, well, I hope the show wasn't too, and they were very, nice. no, 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 very nice show. Oh, yeah. what a nice show. Always lovely, always lovely. We've got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that you had, you went on with that whale yeah. jizz routine. Yeah. Uh, which has really become a staple of your act. It's, uh, it's the whole, it's, it's my, uh, it's my Hotel California. Uh. <laughs> you know, I've actually seen you do stadium shows where you come out yeah. and they, and you come out for the encore and you go, you know, there's this documentary called Blackfish and the crowd goes, ah, here we go. And they start going, come, yeah. come, come, the crowd, come, The come. crowd is like, oh my God, the bit he opened the show with is also his encore. That's how good the, it is. You're the only comic I know who does the bit twice. At the, the beginning cra- of the show. The cra- and then after I finish it, I go, any any requests? And people are like, do it. Just do that one again. Do it again. Buckets of whale cum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Um, take it easy. Sorry. Take it easy. I will say when a crowd is not enjoying that bit, and I know all you listeners right now are like, what are you talking about? It sounds like a golden gem. (laughs) But uh, when when there's a crowd that doesn't like it, uh, I, I do it so much longer. Yes, I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I don't know. There's, I think I hate myself. I don't know why I do that to myself. I'm like, you don't like it? Well, guess what? Now it's the only thing we're doing. Well, I have to say, I understand exactly why you do it because I know that all someone has to do to me is say, I don't really love this riff you're doing, or I don't really love, or maybe we've heard enough of that. Right. Oh, fuck it. Then, I mean, it's in my house even. If anyone goes, okay, I think we've had enough, or if Sona, right? Oh, my God. If you yes. say, I think I've had enough of that. Yeah, I'm that is All to me a sign from God that a, it has to go on forever. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I I mean, if my wife is like, can you stop doing it? My goal is then, well, how how long will it take me to get you to laugh at it? Like, <laughs> how can I turn you? Is there anything I can do to turn you to think that this thing is funny, even though I agree with her most of the time that it is wildly <laughs> annoying? No, it's... Uh, We're not doing great. We're having a tough time. <laughs> no, no. Trust me. I, I'm very well aware that papers have been filed. Yep. Um, we are uh, looking into just, it. Just, <laughs> just exploring what it costs options. to get divorced. Just seeing our options <laughs> moving forward. You are... Uh, I will compliment you again. You are funny in a way that's very unique to you like there's some there are people i meet sometimes in comedy who i think were naturally funny but then they learned watching others how to be funny and you rory are someone who's just you are funny in a way that i think you were probably you were probably this guy 
some version of this guy, maybe less confident, but when you were eight, like this was, this was who you are. This is who you are all <laughs> the time. I say, Roy, watching you, I think you've learned nothing. <laughs> you've learned nothing. Other people have learned how to be funny. You've learned nothing. <laughs> you've I, learned nothing and you know nothing of comedy. I was definitely a class clown um, the whole time. And uh, I used to be, when I would get labeled the the class clown by my dad, who would be very upset, like like ah, what do you go? Like my grades were always bad, so he'd be like, "What do you just you just been there being the class clown?" I used to be like, "Ah, oh, I don't want to be a clown," but now that I've turned it into a career that pays, you know, for houses and things, I I now I'm like, well, you know, clown's pretty good. I think I turned it into something great, but yeah, at eight years old. My my whole life, people have told me, they're like, I bet if you were just in a room with nothing but a pencil, you'd still talk to yourself and be just fine. And that's not entirely untrue. Right. <laughs> I, would be, no, I would be all right. I mean, I'm the same way. I don't know what it, I, I know that I could force myself to do something else in life, maybe something that's more beneficial to humankind. Yeah, I guess as I got older, I realized like, oh, I don't have to just do it for attention. It's actually something that is there that I can't turn off anyways. It's not even something to turn on. You, you know what I mean? Like even when there's yeah, a show, just who you go you on are. stage for stand-up. I think that's what I like about stand-up. If people like my stand-up, if there are people sitting there going, man, this whale come bit <laughs> is, <laughs> is great. Like when people truly find that funny... <laughs> It it feels so great because it's really something that I think is funny. It's not at all something I wrote because I knew that equation would work. Like, oh, right. I know that this setup and this will be a surprising punchline. It's truly something that, to me, feels like the absurdity of an observation that I've made. And I think I kind of like the idea that this thing I think is funny is so absurd. The challenge is, can I sell it? Can I actually make other people see why this thing is funny? And I, when you say like taking risks and stuff, I think that comes from me just wondering, what is the thing that is so bizarre that I think I can maybe sell? I used to do right. a bit. <laughs> I used to do a bit that I feel like I should bring back. You know, this pandemic's going to just make me start well, my career completely over, but I used to do a bit where I said, this is an, an impression of an elderly woman looking for her dog and the dog's <laughs> name is spicy. And I would <laughs> just for extended periods of time, just go spicy, <laughs> spicy. And I would walk around the stage convinced that this is a bit other people would be like, that's not a joke. And I'd be like, but I think it. it is a joke. <laughs> So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. 
And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less Filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. I saw you announce beforehand that you were going to do a complete hour improvised of stand-up, just with no ideas. And I was talking to you up until the second you went on stage, and you had 
no concern at all. You just, and it was a pretty good sized room in uh, San Diego. Yeah. This was last uh, summer during Comic Con. And you went up, and it was so much fun to watch you get into trouble or back yourself into a corner and then get out. And then at one point, you just. It's a wireless mic, so you just start, walk through the club, and then you see a door, and you just said, huh, wonder where this goes, and you left the club, <laughs> and the wireless, I didn't even know if you knew, we, but we could hear you walking down an alley, and then you found a guy. A limo driver. You found a guy, and you brought him back in, and you weave back in through the club, and we've heard you the whole time, you enticing the guy, saying, can I talk to you? I'm doing a show. Would you come in? What's your name? Tony? Oh, Tony, is it okay if you, and you bring him in, and then you bring him up into the uh you bring him up into the club and you start talking to him and it turns out that he is a limo driver and then you say well what are you doing he said well i i drove these people to this club and then you find the people in the audience that he drove and you get him to talk about what they were talking about on the way there they was you know and the whole thing was this i don't know it was really magical and to me sort of the essence of what a show like that should be i was uh, again, you were taking foolish risks, uh, fo- <laughs> yes. risks that could have gotten us all killed, <laughs> <Right>. frankly. <laughs> Some people uh, were killed that night. Six people were killed that night uh, in unrelated crimes, but you were but you were somehow blamed. This, yeah. uh, there's something about you where there are moments where you don't have fear when I think you should. <laughs> right? yeah. It's like you and Evil Knievel. You just managed to pick something that doesn't shatter your pelvis. Yeah, I will say I I fail a lot of times, but I, I think what, what stand-up mostly is is that getting really good at, at failing. I think it's... I think, yeah. I think to get really good at and there's kind of no way to avoid it but i think when you get into comedy the sooner you learn to not care if the audience likes you or not is going to lead to uh m- more fun it's going to lead to yes. a better career and and more fun on stage and i i think i've failed so many times trying these absurd stupid things that now I, I'm I'm not so afraid to fail. You still feel yes. bad when you don't give a crowd a, a good show, just because it, you know, the, the, as as we all know, there's a lot that goes into going and being in the audience of something, whatever it is, and so you want your time to have been well been well spent. And I I think I've just. I've just fucked up so many times that now when I'm backed into a corner, I'm like, I think my brain just goes, well, this wasn't as bad as that time in Maryland. Keep going. And so I just <laughs> keep going. I'm like, you're right. That, oh, that God, what happened shack. in Maryland? I had a horrible <laughs> show. Me and, uh, me and a comedian, Justin Schlegel, went out and did a show in the middle of nowhere at a seafood restaurant in Maryland, and it was packed. And they, I think I, I think they paid us with like snow crab or something. I don't think we actually made <laughs> any money. And he and I were both supposed to do forty five minutes. And ten, I went up first. And ten minutes into my set, they hated me. They truly hated me. But if if there's one thing I can say, I will always do my time. So I, despite the fact <laughs> they hated me, I did the whole forty five minutes. I brought him up, and as he's going up, he looks at me like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Like, they hate the show. They immediately love him instantly. And so we're 
very relieved. I still go and set the car so that we can pull out of the parking lot very quickly in case they turn on him also. Uh, but yeah, that, that was maybe one of the worst times I've ever bombed. If you don't show any sign that you think the show is bad, they think it's there. It's like in their head. They're like, well, why does he like it? If we all hate it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I used to, uh, one of my outs that I love, I have all these outs I've compiled over the years from my failing moments and shows. But one of them is if the show isn't going well, I I tell the crowd, I'll be like, you know what? Let's take a break for a second. You guys don't like the show. Here's the thing you're not, you're missing. I also don't like the show. <laughs> so the thing is, we are on the same page. We do like the yeah. same stuff because we all hate it right now. And then I'll be like, all right, look, I, you know, it's there's a fun element of them being like, all right, fine. I, I'll do my smarter stuff. Obviously, you guys are I, I'm a I'm a jerk. I misread the room. You guys are way smarter than this. Here's some smart jokes. And then if they don't start laughing, then you've now switched it to where you're like, I guess you I guess it's because you guys are dumb. And now you <laughs> and now there's enough people in the crowd that will enjoy the fact that you are now mocking the crowd for not liking your bad show. <laughs> I know, I know. It's their fault. I figured it out. Yeah. You guys just aren't smart enough. Yeah. I saw you every now and then you <laughs> someone will get up and leave the show and quite possibly just because they want to use the bathroom or sometimes maybe because they really they can't stand <laughs> they the, show. <laughs> the, the show or or you're you're rubbing them the wrong way but you will say excuse me ma'am ma'am they're <laughs> walking out ma'am what is it what is it ma'am ma'am is it the you know and you've had i've seen that it's there's just electricity in the in the air because I don't know, is this woman going to turn around or this man going to turn around and say, no, I don't like the show or no, I'm just going to use the bathroom. Yes. But then you'll engage them on what, what they need to do in the bathroom. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is yeah. horrifying slash delicious. Anytime someone will let you know that they don't like the show, there are people that tell you that because they want it to they want it to bother you. They want it to right. hurt you and hurt your feelings. But I think sometimes they don't understand that. As long as long as you're putting wood on the fire, the fire keeps going. It doesn't matter what type of wood it is. So if someone mm-hmm. is like, actually, I hate the show and you're not funny. It's like, well, now you've given me five to ten more minutes <laughs> just from that beautiful <laughs> offer of knowing <laughs> that you don't like it and you're leaving. Uh, also, when they're leaving, it's like, well, once you're gone... I'm obviously going to talk about this for a long time. I There was one show I did, a fight broke out in the audience. And I mean a full-on fight to where the show stopped, people were screaming, the whole audience turned, watched four guys who looked like they played professional football. They were that big. Get into a fight that slowly, almost like The Simpsons, it somehow just moved from the crowd like a rolling tumbleweed out into the lobby and disappeared. 
And everyone just sat back down. And I, I'll never forget this woman, right as I picked the microphone up, she goes, good luck following that. And I just immediately, I was like, what do you mean, good luck? I was like, we all have the same questions and we're about to explore them together right now. We all have so many questions. Those little, those little gifts. I know what you're talking about, that show in New York, that woman when she got up and left. I think you said you knew her too, didn't yeah. you? I, well, it turns out I know a lot of people. That's the secret. Everyone I taught, Conan has a personal connection to. <laughs> that was my father. <laughs> you were like, what's with you, old timer? Yeah. Um, I've also really liked it when, back in the days, early Letterman, when if, if Steve Martin went on Letterman's late night show, he would have thought out this conceptual piece that he would do. Or if he went on Carson, he would have thought out a conceptual piece. And you've done things like that because I think so few people do that anymore. And uh, I remember it was, I think, you and uh, John Doerr. I remember yes. when you guys, you guys worked out this bit where, and I was in on it, but I, ba I basically say, well, this is a little awkward. Uh, we booked two comics we made a mistake. They're supposed to be on different nights, but they both showed up tonight on the same night. And we think our booker made a mistake and they, uh, but basically that they've agreed to both do their stand up together. Yes. Right. And it was you right. guys doing stand, doing different stand up acts at the same time. Yes. Standing next to each other. You know, I had people, you, you sold that introduction so well and made it seem like it truly was an accident and the show felt so bad uh, in your delivery yes, of bringing it's it important out. important that people oh, think it's real. So much, so much so that, that people, there are people who couldn't realize Conan's intro is the setup. The punchline is the absurdity of the thing that he then brings out onto the stage. I had, yeah, I've had yeah. people go, they were like, hey, that's kind of messed up. I mean, that's like a professional show, double booking you guys. And you just yes. stare at those people. Yes. You're like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> yeah. it was both of you, you weren't doing anything in tandem. You were both standing there with your microphones doing a completely different stand-up Act and not acknowledging right. the, the other person, which is insane. You couldn't make head or tail out of it. It was. Uh, it reminds me of the time Mr. Danny McBride, I think one of the first things he did, he did this movie that sort of brought him to fame called, was it Foot Fist Foot, Way? Foot or? Fist Way, yeah. Yeah, and he is he from South Carolina or North Carolina? I, he's, he, I think I North think Carolina. Yeah, yeah, but he, uh, no one knew who he was. This is before he became a big deal. And he, to promote it, he was going to come on sort of as that character <laughs> and, um, and bring these kids out in, uh, you know, sort of karate uniforms and then have some of the kids, real kids, and have them not do it that well and have him lose his temper. <laughs> and um, so we committed to it 100%. And I said, he's, he's here and he's got a movie Foot Fist Way. And no one knew he was a, people didn't know him yet. Right. And he came out and I've talked with him about it <laughs> since, but he came out and he really committed to being, you know, Danny McBride or whoever the character's name is. And yeah. he's there and he's with these kids 
and they can't do it. He starts <laughs> kind of losing his patience and yelling at him. And then he goes to do it and he can't do it. <laughs> he can't break the board. And the whole, and then the kids, he starts yelling at the kids and some of the kids cry and run away. And he's, and the whole thing falls apart. And I committed to looking really upset and walking out and saying, um, okay, well, that was, we committed all the way. Right. And when it was over, the band starts to play and these Young people in the audience were like, fuck, Conan, what the fuck just happened? Oh, fuck, that's this is so bad. And I didn't want to tell them the whole thing's a joke. So I just went, I know, it's really bad. I don't know what to do. Then we had people saying who saw the show, that was messed up. Who? How could you let that guy on the air? And, and Danny said he heard from people like, you, how dare you yell at those kids? Of course, the kids are all actors. They're all in on how it. Anyone, as soon as he can't break the board, you're like, well, that should be the tension release. Like, oh, okay, it's clearly a bit. He couldn't yeah. break the board either. I love that people are like, no, this is real. And these are bad people. And these Conan, are bad Conan people. allowed this to happen because he's bad too. He's also a bad person. Yeah, we did a bit. Who's the famous, famous gymnast? Uh, um, and she was America's sweetheart. Mary Lou from, Retton. Mary Lou Retton. We had Mary Lou Retton I on the say show. That and we, I have several posters. <laughs> I can see them behind you. I was you. a diehard Mary Lou Retton <laughs> yeah. fan. Yeah, Is that like so super patriotic or incredibly creepy? You be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> I vote creepy and patriotic. What? Well, we did a bit where I had to. Uh, it just called for me to completely lose it on her and I committed to it and I just was totally screaming at her as part of this thing that she's in on. <laughs> right. So then I think shortly afterwards, I'm a guest on Howard Stern and people were calling in and they were like, when you, the way you talk to Mary Lou Retton, <laughs> I just, <laughs> Not on what she soil. did for this country. Yeah, <laughs> just people, this people were calling in and they wanted to kill me. <laughs> she did the most somersaults of anyone in the 80s. And you, I wish I could have given an exact Olympic date, but I haven't done my research on this bit. So didn't you do a bit where, where did you do the bit where you, uh, you're, someone's doing stand-up and, so, and, and someone heckles you? Oh, you think you can do better yeah, than John, me? That was when John and I came back on uh, the second time. He did stand-up and really sold it for like two and a half three minutes until yeah. I I played you're an, in the audience I played an usher and I was trying to reseat someone and he said sorry can we cut like what is going on over there and I was like oh she's just in the wrong seat and he's like well can you do it later and I'm like uh, it's kind of a tough job I'm trying to do this and he then he's like it's actually not that tough a job and I was like well what you do isn't that tough of a job so then we switch you switch jobs <laughs> you go down to do the stand up yeah. he goes up to be an usher and this is all like I swear to God, it was played so real that people watch. People in the audience think, "What is going on? Yeah, why would they allow he, this? Why did they allow this?" Why? But you switch, and then yeah. you start doing stand up, 
he starts being an usher, and then I forget. There's some twist where I get involved. Well, then you you say something <laughs> where you're like, "You guys, can, can you guys stop? You can't just do this. We've booked John. You're an usher. You can't just yeah. Trade you can't places. just switch." And we're like, "Oh, Conan, just sit at your desk." And that's when you're like, "You think my job is easy?" And then, <laughs> yeah. you, and then, then Andy goes to do stand up. You become the usher. John becomes. Andy does you, stand up. I become, I become an usher. Yeah. The whole thing slipped around. I just those are those are just really magical. I mean, it's silliness. I think uh, one of the reasons I'm I'm such a fan is uh, you're a very sweet guy and you're a very intelligent man, but you are. I, I'm not sure you're intelligent. I don't I just think threw that, that in. Mind, no, I, I, I filled that in. I can sell it. I can sell it. I can make yes. people think. When you that. put glasses on exactly. and hold a book, a monocle, the right, the right side up. But I, I bow at the altar of silliness. That's just my where I want to spend eternity after yes. I leave this earth. I want to go to a silly place, and uh, it, even if it's some, and that might be hell. I don't know, right. I'll, but I would go there. I will go to this. I want to go to the silly place after I go. Right. Um, I want to make sure I talk about your your podcast because you are a very funny guy. You're also a very perceptive gentleman and you have a new podcast called dads. That's right. And, um, I want to make sure that we talk about this because you are, you're just, first of all, you got very soothing pipes. I like listening to you, you, but (laughs) thank you. You really, this uh, is my real, this is the voice I do for the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> when I'm a guest, I, I go screechy because I don't want other podcasts to get the, all the numbers. <laughs> but I on, see. So when you go, when you're a guest on another podcast, you're screechy, like sort of like a Paul Lynn. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And then when I do mine, it's very hey, folks, a jazz singer, just uh, come on into the Vegas club. Let me. I'm Sinatra over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a, and you're t- you talk about, and it's not a, it's not a podcast for uh, dads necessarily because I think non dads can enjoy it. That's right. Un- so, well, is non dad a term that you guys use? Non dad. We we use non dads. We feel like we've narrowed everybody into two groups. So you're either a dad or a non dad. Um, (laughs) good thinking and that's you know so we have people on and and you know i we we talk about uh what it's like to be a parent what it's like to uh everyone's different individual perspective of being a dad and how to be a dad or or a parent in general if you're a non-dad but also the relationships that we've had with our dads and how that's like shaped us in some way because i think I think in everybody's mind, everyone's relationships are obviously very different, but I think some people think about their relationship, relationships in general with a mother. And I think everyone kind of pictures sort of like the perfect scenario of a relationship with a mother. And even though most people don't have that, they still picture that. However, I think when most people picture a relationship with dads, it's, it's almost always tattered and slightly broken <laughs> even when it's working uh-huh. uh, just and, and everyone will be like oh yeah my dad like, are you are you and your dad close and people people's response is always like yeah i think so like you don't even know you don't even know where you stand with your dad <laughs> yeah it's very complicated right exactly. it's very complicated yeah you know and uh it's it's it is interesting like you think of all the great Renaissance art was always, you know, it's Mother Mary and baby Jesus. Like, mother and child is sort of, you know, but there's never like a, ah, 
there's the father and the son. I don't know. It always reminds me of um, Norm MacDonald's line. I think he had a line once years ago, which is, yeah, I went home for Christmas. Uh, got a little awkward because I accidentally made eye contact with my father. <laughs> it's just sort of like, I could just sort of like, yep. <laughs> if you ever really looked at your dad in the eye for like yeah. a period of time, I could do that with my mom. If I really locked eyes with my dad, yeah. uh, I think my skeleton would run out of my flesh. Yeah. Well, that's that's the painting of the, the father and son. It's like, note how they won't look at each other. And that's so funny because it's so strangely relatable. And yet we, we, ne- we never step back and are like, why is that so, you know, why is that so universal? This, this weird, and I think it's a lot of, you know, we talked about it when you were a guest on the show, but we, you know, it's, there's a generational thing with how dads are with, uh, with kids and, and their yep. children. And, and the thing that kicks in for, at least for my wife, the motherly maternal thing that naturally kicked in for her from my perspective, was so beautiful to watch happen. I was like, oh my God, like I am seeing this natural just intelligence. My wife's brain lighting up with knowing how to keep a baby alive. And (laughs) I'm over here truly gaining no knowledge of anything the entire time. Almost to the point where I was, you know, I, felt, I was like, do you guys even need me anymore? Are you guys good? Do, now that you oh, guys been, are best friends, should I get out of the way? It's been made quite clear in my equation that I am not needed. That like, you, it's by unanimous, my wife uh, and, 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 and my son and my daughter. And whenever I come in, I am the sit Come fool. So I come in and they're just like, oh, look at old, you know, the idiot's home. And then there's a canned laugh track. And, and you trip say on some, your way through the kitchen. Yes, exactly. And I say things like, well, uh, so anybody, uh, did you have your computer class? Computer dad? Is that what you think it's called? Computer class? And everyone laughs. And then I go like, is there any more of this vegetable? And my wife is like, do you know what it's called? And everyone laughs. And she's like, is that's a fruit? And they really laugh at that. <laughs> like, you probably don't even know the capital of Illinois. And you're like, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. You know, now is that you also- say it like that, I think maybe your family's just abusive in a weird way. Yeah, They're I, sitcom uh, abusive. <laughs> They are. They are sitcom abusive, but the ratings are through the roof. Well, so we're going to keep it going. Yeah, don't don't fix it if it's not broke. Uh, Rory, um, I'm going to wrap this up. No, I would like this to go 30, maybe 45. <laughs> I'm in quarantine, so I, however long we can go. <laughs> okay. Well, the, we could go another, I think, 24 hours. So that's what we should do sometimes. Have you listened to Conan's new marathon <laughs> Conan's Rory Scoville Marathon. Tune in. Conan and Rory <laughs> end up discussing whale come nine different times. <laughs> they leave the subject and exhausted of all of its comedic fruits, but only to return two hours later yeah. and find more. Later on, you just listen to them watch the X-Files. They're not talking. <laughs> they don't talk. There's no commentary. You just hear them watching the show. Um, Rory, you're a good man. And, I appreciate uh, that. A hilarious, hilarious man. And uh, I I get excited whenever you're around. I get happy because you make me laugh. So let's hang soon when we are allowed to. I you know? uh, would love to, even at a distance. I'm, I, I know people can't 
see this as obviously a podcast, but I'm in a van outside your house and have been for several <laughs> weeks. We didn't, yeah, we've had questions about this. There's a very, yes. it's not a good van. There's a, it's there's not. a, deli- it's a not a good van. Well, I, I, with just spray paint, I wrote cable company on the side and that's not specific enough to really and you sell spelled it. C-A-B-E-L <laughs> and then company with a K. And so there were questions. Uh, and there's uh, apparently no working toilet. You just cut a hole in the bottom of yeah. the van oh, yeah. and human waste trickles out the bottom. Yes. Well, I mean, yes. I, yes. I mean, it's been two weeks. If I'm still here, clearly enough people are falling for it. So <laughs> K-Bell company is K-Bell. here. K-Bell. Um, All right, Rory, uh, go in peace. Um, thank you. Do good works. Thank you and, for uh, having me on this show. Uh, I didn't this want you show. on. I know. I didn't I want know. you on. Well, I paid. I paid to be here, and so it's good that- It's the first guest that's paid $25,000 to appear on the show. <laughs> the money came in seconds before we went on. I are you sure it's air. not? I thought for twenty five k that was the ninety minute package. That's just the no, no, sixty no, no, minute no, package. No, 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 okay. no, no, well, no, no, that's no, uh, look. I'm not. No, 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 I didn't pay no, the extra no, no, five grand to argue. I didn't pay the extra five grand to fight you on this. So, <laughs> uh, okay, Rory, be well. Thank you. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. (laughs) When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking play. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. (laughs) Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And 
uh, he used to be weaker than me, so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. You know, I ran into someone the other day, Sona, who really liked the episode where, because they're Armenian and they really Mm -hmm. love the episode where you and I went to your home country, Armenia. We went to Yerevan. Yes, we did. And I swear to God, I meet more people, meet more Armenian people that are like, Goran, Barev. And I know to go, Inch, Basak. And then they go, Lavem. That's all I know. That's good. That's but good enough. But I, I end up hugging them. They're just so happy about that episode, which was really a joy. That was yeah. so much fun. I bet that happens to you a lot because you've been to so many countries now. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, other people oh. are very angry. I mean, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that was, they're not used to, you know, they were just very happy. And there's a very, there's a massive Armenian community here in uh, in Los Angeles. Right. And I cannot walk five feet without having them say, oh, we know you went to Armenia. Yeah. Yeah. How Sona and all this kind of stuff. And I tell them that you, you, you're gone. Oh, that, yeah. uh, that was a really nice trip. <laughs> that was nice. Sona, you should accompany him to Ireland in return. Yeah, I mean, you go back to where I'm from. You've yeah. been to where you're from. You've done a, a whole episode from Ireland. Well, we did an episode from Ireland once um, a bunch of years ago, but I didn't really go to where my people are from. Specifically, my dad's side of the family is from this place called Dungarvan, hmm. which is uh, south southeast. A uh, Waterford, I think. And I went back there once because I wanted to go and see Dungarvan, where my great, 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 great grandfather, uh, I think, or something like that, uh, is is from. And uh, he was a bone setter that lived in Dungarvan. Yeah. What? Yeah, what? he was a bone setter, I think. His job was uh, to break your leg with a stone okay. and then set it uh, because there was no money in waiting for someone to break their leg. So mm. he would do that. <laughs> But anyway, no, I did once, I went back, uh, I I went back a bunch of years ago. This is not on television. This is just real life experience. But I went back and uh, decided to go and find the town of Dungarvan where I'm from. And everyone's like me there. Oh, Dungarvan. Oh, Dungarvan. 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 You know, this is a true story. I was once driving in, um, I was driving in Ireland with my girlfriend at the time. So we stop and I get out of the car and someone I asked someone, "Is where's Dungarvan? And they said, this is Dungarvan. So you're supposed to kiss the soil. So I got down and I kissed the soil. Mm. And then someone else was like, no, 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 no. This is not Dungarvan. This is, I kissed the wrong soil. <laughs> and I actually had soil in my mouth and I was spitting it out. You know what I mean? It was, and then, and then it was like, I kissed someone I thought was my grandmother and it wasn't my grandmother. And then I had to drive for like another 40 minutes and I had the wrong soil in my mouth, the wrong dirt. And I was like, fucking. Did God. you do an open mouth kiss with the soil? I did. did and I gave it a little it? tongue. Yeah. Oh. You Frenched it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, here's another thing that happened to me uh, in Ireland. I was uh, rented a car on the Western part of Ireland and my girlfriend and I were driving across Ireland and we went into this, you know, these magical places. Like you, you can be driving along and you can just find this magical little, like you go through like a little forest and there was a single, there was a little tiny house, a very small house with one single gas pump in front of it. And I pulled up to it cause I needed gasoline and this lovely old woman came out and 
she was like, oh, and how are you? And, oh, and where are you from? And I said, my book from Dungarvan. Oh, you're from Dungarvan. Oh, and you've got the look. Oh, you got the map of Ireland on your face. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I, I try to cream, but it, it won't go away. And I said, oh, no, no, hee, hee, I. And then she's pumping away and fills the car. And she says, oh, well, I wish you well on your travels. I'm going to say a prayer for you tonight. And Aww. I said, really? She said, I'll say the whole rosary and I'll I'll wish you well. And I said, thank you. And I had like I had tears in my eyes Aww. and we hugged. It was really nice. And the old lady went back in her house and I got in my car and I drove about maybe 15 minutes. And the car just suddenly made a weird noise <laughs> and just ground to a halt. Oh. And she had um, filled my car with diesel gasoline. <laughs> And it didn't take diesel. And I got out of the car and I wanted to run back and kill her. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, and I could just see her in the middle of her rosary in her cottage going, Oh, for the young man. Suddenly door smashes open. I'm like, I'll fucking kill you. I, I was, and then I just start throwing her around the room. I was waiting. The story was so sincere. And I'm it's like, sweet. it cannot stay this way. Oh, and Something's going to go wrong. You know what happens did. when you fill a rental car with the wrong gas you gotta first of all i walked this is ireland too walk up to a stranger's house in america and see how that goes <laughs> i walked up to a random house like in a field and walked up to the door and the woman was like come on in come on in how can i help you would you like a cup of tea and i'm like no no my car says oh i'll call my husband and he'll call you know seamus and flamus and flomus and flamus <laughs> And so they came and they took my car and they literally have to like put it up. They have to drain the car completely. And it was a rental car. They had to drain it. I think they have to pick it up and shake it, (laughs) get all the bad stuff out of it. The trip cost double because of that woman who was so busy. That bitch. Well, I, I don't talk that way about women. That bitch. But man, I'm yeah. with you on this one. Yeah. Oh, isn't he a nice boy? And she probably knew because that's the Irish too. They're, they like that's to fuck with you. She yeah. probably she knew. Probably, I probably yeah. went over there and she's like, oh, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I'm not going to say a fucking rosary for you. I'll teach you to come to any random house. Here. I'll teach you. What do you think you're in this come back. Oh, so you're from, oh, you kissed the wrong soil, did you, you fucking... All right, let's have a little of the wrong gasoline there. There you go with your gasoline. What do you do? You're on the telly in America. Piece of shit. You piece of shit. Hope you fucking die. I didn't have time to make a bomb to put in the car. Like to kill you. Watch you burn alive. Don't even know you. I don't even have a. F- I don't even own a rosary. I've never had one. You're worse than the fucking British. Who yeah. <laughs> wrote a rosary? There is no God. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm a Scientologist. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Yep, and that's what happened. Oh, that lady's awful. Well, <laughs> oh man. She was pretty old then, and this was a long time ago, which means she's still alive. Because <laughs> the Irish live forever. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Sonam Obsession and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. 
Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.